The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today I'm honored to welcome my guest, Ms. Sue Earhart. She is the executive director of the Allegheny Mountain Institute, which is an educational nonprofit organization with the mission to cultivate healthy communities through food and education. The vision of AMI is a thriving network of collaborative, vibrant communities who value the connection between food and health. AMI's fellowship program specifically prepares individuals to become farmers, teachers, and ambassadors for health-promoting food systems. An exciting new venture, the AMI Farm at Augusta Health, which is an independent, community-owned, not-for-profit hospital located in Augusta County, Virginia, will be creating an on-site production farm plus a community venue for food, nutrition, and gardening education to tackle the three major health challenges facing their community as well as communities nationwide. And those include nutrition, physical activity and weight, diabetes, and mental health. I'm so excited because a special food pharmacy program is going to be available for those at special risk for type 2 diabetes, and that program is going to provide fresh produce prescriptions for use at an on-site farm stand plus cooking classes. Now, prior to joining AMI, Ms. Earhart was the Education Director at Casey Trees in Washington, D.C. She was the Education Director and Governmental Liaison for the Greening of Detroit, and she was the Program Director for the Mid-Michigan Environmental Action Council. She holds two degrees in environmental studies from both Michigan State and the University of Michigan at Dearborn, and she has more than 20 years of professional experience in food and agriculture-related nonprofits, including directing staff and programs, serving on statewide and national teams, and teaching place-based curriculum in the inner city of Detroit. Welcome, Sue. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you today. Well, I think this is such a great good news story and a model for our nation on truly how to heal so much. I am curious to know how you became interested in the work that you're doing, environmental education and taking that beyond to enhance public health. Well, it all started actually when I was a teenager. I grew up in East Lansing, the home of Michigan State University, and when I was a teenager, my mom had seen a speaker that when she was living in San Francisco in the 60s, and she thought that I would really enjoy seeing him, and at the time, I had a lot of teen angst, and academically, it was really challenging for me in high school because I wanted to become a pediatrician, but I wasn't doing well in my math classes. And I knew that to become a doctor and go to medical school, I needed to be good in math. And so I was really kind of soul-searching about what was I going to do. And and I really, frankly, wasn't that pleasant to be around. And so my mom, being the great woman that she is, dragged me out of the house on a very cold February day. And we went on campus, which is one of the great benefits of living in a college town, that you get to see wonderful speakers from all over the world. And so we went to this lecture hall. 
and I really didn't know who this was. I had no expectations. And the first thing I noticed is that when the speaker came up to the podium, they were just beaming about this person and saying all these wonderful accolades, and they actually emotionally became overwhelmed and couldn't finish their introduction. And I thought, wow, who is this person? And this person came up behind her and put his arm on her shoulder and said, hi, I'm Cesar Chavez. Wow. And so that really changed my life that night because that was the first time I learned about the people who were growing the food that I was eating how they weren't living in healthy conditions, about the pesticides that were being sprayed on our food. That was the first time I heard about organic agriculture. And so that night I joined the Farm Workers Union and I made my family start boycotting grapes and asked my mom, well, where can we get organic food? And she said, well, I think there's a food cooperative in town. And I said, okay. So we joined it. And so that really led me on a path about conservation and what was going on. And so then that led me to get my undergraduate degree in environmental studies. And then my first career was really starting in predominantly inner city Detroit and working on brownfield redevelopment and working with kids trying to create outdoor classrooms on their school grounds so we could build up their science scores. And that was 20 years ago, and there's been a route of really working in conservation with kids and adults. And that led me to an urban forestry position as Casey Trees, as you said, and I did the same working with adults and getting them activated into advocacy programs, protecting trees in our nation's capital. And then after 10 years, I decided to make a change, and I had heard about the Allegheny Mountain Institute, and I realized that this was really coming full circle for me as that teenager sitting in that lecture hall meeting Cesar Chavez, that this was my next step to really look at building healthy communities through sustainable agriculture, again, was where I needed to be. And so I've been here now over a year, and it's just been an outstanding position, and it's a wonderful organization. Well, your work, I thought, was also remarkable in inner-city Detroit, because what a tough place to be in terms of getting people to, gosh, just have the space to grow food and then be involved with so many challenges facing these urban populations. Tell me about the success of your program there. Well, that program was called Tree Keepers Kids, and the goal was really first to get kids to have a positive experience outdoors and then to raise their science scores. And so the Kellogg Foundation really gave the Green of Detroit, the organization I worked for, a lot of leeway to figure out different ways to make that happen. And so we decided to plant trees and also either put vegetable gardens pollinator gardens on the grounds of the school campus, which a lot of the Detroit public schools at the time really sit on large footprints. And they have a lot of vacant land around them that really had been unsightly or had been used for illegal purposes. And so many of the schools were really excited to take back this land and to put it for a positive use. And then, in turn, we were able to show students the science and math about horticulture and growing your own food 
and as a way to give them a positive experience, help them become healthy children, and then grow up to have those skills to grow that food, really the the whole premise of teaching them to fish. And it's really been a great success story. Wow. I'm sure you saw real movement towards better, not only physical health, but mental health. But you tell me what you saw. I I know what happens to me when I go to a green space or when I get my hands in the soil. It is so relaxing. And I've heard stories about how children that maybe were at each other's throats and fighting or disagreeing, once they got into a garden space, they were able to better get along with each other. Tell me what you saw. Thank you. That is exactly right. I saw that over and over again. One of the first gardens I put in was at Woodward Elementary School, and it was a over a two-acre lot that had just had grass growing on there. It bordered a high school, and when I initially went to the principal and said, we have this program, would you be interested? She said yes, and we immediately got up. And we walked outside, and she just flung her arm open and said, you can have this site. And I looked at it. And most principals at the time when I was first starting were just giving me maybe a 10 by 10 spot for a couple raised beds. This was the largest garden site that I was given. And I said, well, uh, what goes on here? And she said, nothing good. Hmm. You know, there's been students that have been shot here. There's a legal activity here, and and we need to wash this clean. We need a whole new area here. We need to rebirth and rebuild this area. We need a new energy here. And so I said, I can do that. And so I worked with the students and staff and for almost the whole calendar school year to to design, get the students ready, get us all rowing in the same direction. And on planting day, it was a beautiful, sunny day, and the principal, true to her word, she wanted every student involved. Every student in that building came out at some point and planted something, moved mulch, dug a hole. It was absolutely beautiful. And she came out at the end of the day and she said, oh my gosh, you were true to your word. This is all new. This is a rebirth. And she looks over and my right-hand student who was helping me all day, his name I'll just say for the name of this radio show, was Kelvin. And so Kelvin was just a great helper all day. And she said, has he been here all day? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I wondered where he was because he's normally in my office all day. (gasps) And she's like, what has he been doing? And I said, he's been my great helper. He's like teaching other students. Whatever I need, he runs and goes and does it. He's awesome. You need to make him in charge of the garden. And she said, Sue, He is in my office every day. He's been almost expelled twice. He is my problem child. I said, not anymore. I think he just found his calling. And she said she had never seen him in these eyes before of him being successful because in the traditional classroom, he was failing. This is such a tremendous story. And so he did. He became one of the man. He was only in third grade at the time, but he was training fifth graders and fourth graders, and, and his peers were seeing him as a leader. And so that's what he became. He was in charge of watering. And so he really became successful in a place that he was failing. Wow. Well, 
Because of our time restraints, we're going to have to jump now to the Allegheny Mountain Institute Farm (laughs) because when I visited the website, I immediately fell in love with the place and the mission. And if those good news stories weren't enough for our listeners, we've got even more to share. I want to know what led you to leave the Midwest and to move to the Allegheny Mountains and specifically this institute. Well, as I would like to say, it's really the mission, our mission about creating and cultivating healthy communities through food and education is really, as I started as a high school student and learning about Cesar Chavez, it's really been my mission my whole life that I've always wanted to be in a job where I feel like I make a difference. And I know we make that difference every day here at the Allegheny Mountain Institute. And so, you know, the way we do that is through our fellowship program where we have people who come from all over the United States to make an 18-month commitment to the communities here in the Allegheny Mountains located in Augusta and Highland Counties here in Virginia. And now our new signature project, our AMI farm at Augusta Health, where we're going to be handing these food prescriptions of fresh, local, organically grown produce to diabetic patients. But we're also going to reach thousands of people through our education programs that are free and open to the general public, and that's for people ages 3 to 83. Mm. Well, I want to go back to the fellowship program because I think this is quite remarkable. If I understood this correctly from the website, the fellowship program provides education and training free of charge? That's correct. So as long as people are willing to make that 18-month commitment, when they're accepted for the first six months, AMI finds the funds to pay for all their room and board for outstanding instructors come from all over the Mid-Atlantic to teach them about beekeeping, chicken raising, nutrition education, crop rotation, Um, there's many other subjects. And so for those first six months, it's a very intensive experience. They're living from April to October up in Hightown in Highland County. They live all together on this farm that's over 150 acres. They grow their own food, and then they take a break. They come back the following year, and we place them in a local nonprofit in Augusta or Highland County, and they actually become employees of the Allegheny Mountain Institute, and we pay them for that whole year. Wow. Sue, let me take one break and remind our listeners that if you're just joining us, you are tuned into Food Sleuth Radio, and we are speaking with Sue Earhart. She is the executive director of the Allegheny Mountain Institute, which is an educational nonprofit organization with a terrific mission to cultivate healthy communities through food and education. I am imagining, Sue, that there is a long list of potential fellows that want to do this work. Yes, we are already full for this year because we only take 8 to 10 people. We're looking for people that really believe in our mission and that they want to give back to the local communities and then go forth because we want this to be a leadership program Mm. where they go into another community after spending time with us and make those changes in food systems, looking at organic practices, looking at local produce, sustainably grown food, that they become leaders in our country and then, you know, in the world or wherever it takes them. I mean, these are true life skills that they're learning here. And 
I can't imagine a more important step forward for our country right now with all of our healthcare challenges to simply create good food. And as you are well aware, this is at the heart of our healing in, on so many levels, both physical and mental. I want to know more about how these students go forth. Tell me a little bit about some of the graduates and where they are today. Well, it's my pleasure. We are so proud of our alumni. We've had over 50 people graduate from our program. One of our alumni, her name is Jenna Clark, and she's here in Stanton, Virginia, and is executive director of Project Rose. They primarily work with school-age children, K through 12, and she sees over 4,000 children a year that come and visit her farm. She does food tastings at the local schools. She has a special curriculum for food and nutrition education. Another one of our alumni is actually running a program near Chicago at a prison where he's doing horticulture therapy and working with people in prison and parolees about uh, vegetable and literally healing these people who are incarcerated by learning how to grow their own food. This is remarkable. Speaking of the prison population, I have heard just remarkable stories about how these garden programs reduce recidivism rates by upwards of 70 to 80 percent. Oh, my gosh. Because it's very hard, you know, if someone leaves prison as with a felony conviction, it's very difficult to find work. And if someone is empowered with the ability to produce food, everybody eats. So it's it's terrific work, and it is healing themselves and the community. So I am just truly impressed with programs that do this kind of forward thinking. I have to ask you about funding, though, because... This is tremendous, right? You're you're training individuals, you're housing them. Tell me how AMI is funded. Well, just like many, many other nonprofits around the country and the world, we have a diverse financial goal. And so we have we take in grants, personal donations, corporations, we have a membership program. And so really we try to find monetary resources from as many sources as possible, but it's always a challenge, and we would love for anyone listening who would like to support our mission, we would love for your financial support for our organization. Mm -hmm. Well, it's most worthwhile. I don't think sometimes we can have a full appreciation for how much of an impact we're having with ripple effects, and if we could possibly monetize those. How much money are you saving in the long run because of the work you're doing today? It would be so important if we had federal dollars to support this kind of work as well. I need to jump to the Augusta Health Project because in this day and age, I, you know, I think school food and hospital food and prison food, they all sort of fall under the umbrella of yuck. And I wonder sometimes how people even leave hospitals with some of the food I've seen. And it's oftentimes a place where hospitals think, or other institutions as well, think that if they've got to cut a budget, they do it through food. And consequently, everything suffers as a result. But here you've got a healthcare institution that has recognized the value of good food. How is it that Augusta Health was open to working with AMI and getting this farm reestablished? 
Well, it started because we are so lucky here in Augusta County that we have an independent nonprofit hospital. And as a result of being a nonprofit hospital, they must every three years put out a needs assessment of what are the biggest health challenges in our county. And so as you stated earlier, it's nutrition, physical activity, weight, diabetes, and mental health. As a result, February of 2016, they had a meeting where they invited many people from the community, from local nonprofits like Allegheny Mountain Institute, Project Growth, local farmers, school districts, anyone. They had a call to say, this is the issues in our county. If anyone has ideas about how to help us solve them, please come. So it was an open call. And so we, at the time, I hadn't started quite yet at Allegheny Mountain Institute. And so our founder, Lori Berman, and board president went with a couple of staff. And so they said, does anyone have any ideas? And so she stood up and said, yes, you need to put a farm here on the property because we are lucky in this rural setting. Our hospital is located on over 200 acres, and it was originally a farm before the hospital was here. And so she said, you need to put a farm here, and we both want to create healthy communities. We do it by growing organically grown local produce. You do it in using Western medicine. Mm-hmm. So that really started the ball rolling, and then over the next couple months, we started fine-tuning. But basically, the hospital, as I said, is just an outstanding partner because they do realize food is medicine, and the lack of access to local food organically grown does affect your health physically and mentally. Absolutely. Now, the hospital also realizes that they're spending a lot of money. And so they talk to me a lot about what's our return on investment if we invest in Allegheny Mountain Institute and in this farm. And so one of the things I started researching was, well, how much is our hospital spending on average on diabetic patients? Because that's one of their goals is to turn that dial to have less diabetics, less people on medication. And here in Augusta County, on average, our hospital is spending over $11 million annually on diabetic patients going into the emergency room. And of that, at least $1.2 million of those folks are uninsured. And so the hospital is having to pay for that and not getting reimbursed. And so one of the ways that we were able to talk to them about that was creating this food pharmacy program. What if we could have people become healthy and have less medication, have less visits to the emergency room? That will affect your bottom line. And so that was really when we were able to talk to them about, yes, food is medicine that they agree, but then they also have to look at their balance sheet and their bottom line. And so that really helped frame the conversation on return on investment for the hospital. Then we talked about land and all the infrastructure that would happen to make the farm possible, and it's really been a beautiful partnership. So they've given us land on the property. Our offices are here. Our brassicas are ready to go in the ground tomorrow. Wow. And so we're so excited. So our food pharmacy program will be launched in July and will run for 16 weeks until the end of October. And folks with type 2 diabetes will get a fresh 
prescription of fresh produce from the farm every week, and they'll also get education along with that. Our classes started two weeks ago. We've had people start gardening classes. We had a class on where do I fit in the food system, talking to people about how far did that tomato travel to get to your plate. Yes. And then just today we started working with the daycare center here on site and getting the kids involved in eating local carrots. Well, this is such an important story for hospital administrators and healthcare providers and farmers because we we must see how everything is connected. And I cannot wait to see your spreadsheets to see how much the hospital and the community and individuals save on healthcare and drugs. I was just at a recent meeting looking at exactly what you were talking about with regard to whole food, plant-based diets and the ability of these, this new kind of eating to reverse chronic diseases and to truly save money on pharmaceuticals. And all of those drugs have such nasty side effects that this is such a win-win. I'm thrilled. And, you know, too, with the cooking classes, you know, this is another life skill, right? Growing our own food as well as cooking it. And I'm thinking also, because you've got a winter that you go through where we can't grow our own food and have it fresh, but also as part of the cooking classes have food preservation classes, which is something we used to do to show people how we can take those tomatoes that were so abundant in August and turn them into fresh sauce and salsas throughout the year. We just have a few minutes left, so I want to put the ball in your court. What do you want our listeners to know? I want your listeners to know that AMI is working to create food access for people who live here in rural areas. We want everyone to have access to fresh local, quality, nutrient-dense food, and that everyone can make a difference. That if you haven't started your own garden, go to a class, pick a pack of seeds, and start growing your own food if you can. You don't have to have a big space. You can start a container garden. And then share that food. Break bread with your neighbor, maybe with a stranger that you haven't met before, because that's what it's going to take. It really takes a village. We all have to come together to solve these issues of our country in our society because it's not going to just take the Allegheny Mountain Institute. It's all of us working with our hospitals, our schools, our prisons, because we didn't all get into this independently. We all got into these problems together, and it's going to take all of us together to solve these problems. Absolutely. And what a beautiful place to start with the food system. I want to make sure our listeners know about your website, www.alleghenymountaininstitute.org. It's a beautiful website. You can navigate and see what the students are going to be learning during their fellowships. It's not only about food and growing food. It's also about nutrition and wellness, soil science, small animal husbandry, beekeeping, and community development and nonprofit management. So that's really important too. Sue, do you want to give us a charge? Yes, I would say that I want everyone to go out and teach people, talk to your elders about food, learn about how to grow your own food, create that community that will create organic food. Also, I want you to talk to your legislatures about the importance of organically and sustainably grown food and that we want to support our local farmers who are doing the right thing, that we want to support people in our own communities and keep those resources in our communities and support those folks who are trying to grow fresh local foods. 
Excellent. Well, in closing, I want to thank our listeners for joining us. I want to remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced by Dan Hemmelgarn at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. And most of all, I want to thank my guest, Ms. Sue Earhart, Executive Director of the Allegheny Mountain Institute, an educational nonprofit organization with the mission to cultivate healthy communities through food and education, doing truly remarkable work. Thank you so much, Sue. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Mm-hmm.